Hello and welcome to 52 Years A World Cup Podcast. I'm Richard Carey and on this show we'll be wrapping up the rest of the second round of group stage games in the World Cup. We'll be covering the England game versus Panama, uh, Japan versus Senegal, Poland versus Colombia, Germany versus Sweden, South Korea versus Mexico and Belgium versus Tunisia. I'll be joined today by my brother, Michael, who will be giving his insight into the England game and some of the other games as well. So let's get straight on to what everybody, what's on everybody's mind, the England game. And for that, we have to go to the stats. Possession. England, 59%. Panama, 41%. Shots, England, 11 Panama, 8 Shots on target, England 7, Panama 2. On the 8th minute, John Stones had a header from a corner to make it 1-0. On the 22nd minute, there was a penalty to England after Lingard was taken down the box. It was booted into the top left-hand corner by Harry Kane to make it 2-0. On the 36th minute, an absolute stunner from Jesse Lingard from the edge of the box curled it into the top of the net to make it 3-0 England. And on the 40th minute, uh, John Stones again got his second goal of the game from a tap-in at the back post. Uh, just before half-time, Harry Kane was taken down the box, but to be honest, there were a number of uh, fouls in the box that they could have chose to give a penalty for. And Kane took an identical penalty to the last one, went straight into the top corner, and it was 5-0 to England by half-time. And it makes you think... If we do have a penalty shootout in this tournament, can Harry Kane just take all of them? Is that allowed? Because I think it should be. It's the only way to have a fair penalty shootout with England. The second half was less goal-bound. In the 62nd minute, there was a shot by Loftus-Cheek, which deflected off Harry Kane, who therefore got his hat-trick. And Kane immediately was substituted after that. And then on the 78th minute, there was a cross into the box, and Beloy got one back for Panama and it ended England 6, Panama 1. So to digest the game, I was joined by my brother Michael Carey and I asked him what he thought of the match. Uh, I think England played very well in the first half and Panama were obviously a very poor team. Um, we'll obviously get a lot harder competition uh, coming up, uh, certainly against Belgium and then whoever we face in the next round. Um, overall, it's job done, and you know we can be we can be quietly confident that we're actually uh, going in the right direction. Um, certainly, it's an improvement on the last World Cup because uh, 2014 was just total failure. But yeah, I mean it's good good performance, and obviously to get six goals was pretty impressive. So, yeah. so like, um, what do you think about England's defence? Because there was a few issues there, particularly. Uh, like early on in the game, Panama actually had a chance, could have gone 1-0 up, and probably a better team would have put that in. And you also had um, the goal that they conceded was a little bit lax. Are, are you worried at all about England's defence? Do you think that's going to be a problem going forward? Or? Yeah, I mean, England's defence is poor, really. Um, if, if we can improve that, hopefully we can, we can, hopefully we can improve the defence. But in attack, I think we're, we're very strong. We've got lots of options, and... I mean, Jesse Lingard's looking very good. Harry Kane's obviously on fire. Raheem Sterling didn't really get into the match, but I mean, he's always going to be a threat. Fardy as well, if, if, if he can come on, obviously with his pace. So um, we've certainly got more than enough good options. And even John Stone's getting two goals. So 
you know, if, if our centre backs can chip in with a couple of goals as well, then we'll be well away. Yeah, and England's now the joint top scorers in the World Cup, along with Russia and Belgium. This, all three of those teams scored eight goals uh, amongst them. You know, we definitely got the shooting boots on. I guess, you know, having two penalties, that's kind of one of the. Well, actually, what's your thoughts like on VAR and the penalty situation? Because we've had loads of penalties at this tournament. I think overall it's better for the World Cup because we've had too many nil-nils in the past. Yeah. And there's been a lot of um, just poor games, really. And uh, the good thing with VAR is that they're getting more decisions now. It's creating more opportunities and obviously it's creating more goals. So, I mean, I'd say overall VAR is working. I'm certainly on the positive side of VAR. I, I, I certainly think it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. I mean... There's so many decisions which the referees were getting wrong, and if you can look back on the decision and go, okay, what exactly was the right, what actually, you know, what was right here, and we'll have a look at, it, we'll have a look at it again. I mean, I think that's got to be better for the game, and there's going to be less complaints after the game. There's going to be less, um, you know, people getting angry that the decision wasn't made and what have you. There's going to be less insults to the referee and things like that. So I think overall, it's just better for the game. Yeah, and one of the things I would say about VAR is the criticism of VAR really has been so far is the lack of it being used in terms of like people in the box, a lot of tussling going on, and those decisions not being given. And then you've got these other decisions that are being referred to by the referee to the VAR, and they're being given. So is that an inconsistency, or is it just a case of it needs, we need, needs a bit more clarification on the system? Like, would you like to see all those decisions being given as penalties? I'm not really sure. I mean, I think there's certainly a couple which they've got wrong, for sure. And even even looking at VAR again, they're certainly... It's an interpretation thing, isn't it, VAR? I mean, it's never going to be 100% yes or no or right or wrong because it is still human interpretation because because the laws of football are quite sort of you know, a grey area, it certainly is. So we've got to talk about this Panama goal because they went absolutely mad when that goal went in. Like they just won the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's such a big thing for Panama just to well, even get here. They've never got to the World Cup and they've never, yeah. never actually scored a World Cup goal. So to, to them, that was their World Cup. I mean, yeah, they're out of it but now, obviously. But they got a goal and they're more than happy with that. So... The happiest team I've ever seen six one down. Exactly, that's for sure. The actual fans were still singing at the end. I mean, that that just was a bit odd to me. <laughs> Most fans would be looking pretty disgruntled and would have gone and would have left the stadium about twenty minutes before the goal. Anyway, yeah, so. Brazil weren't so ju- jubilant when it was seven one, were they? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I was going to mention the Jesse Lingard goal. Actually, the third goal. You see that one? I thought that was a really good goal by Jesse. Yeah, yeah. He looked a lot better in this game than he did against um, Tunisia. I yeah, he, he looks, he looks... He's, a, he's always been a good player and he's going to give you 100% every single game and he's a good, honest lad. So, you know, I'm happy for him to be in, in the, certainly in the squad and obviously in the team now. I mean, it's, it's good for him and you know, it's good for May United in one way. So. I sort of thought before the tournament that he might be the sort of X factor or, or the yeah. you know deciding thing when it comes to those England games when you need a goal and you bring on I thought he would be, actually I'm surprised how much he's played I thought he'd be sort of a super subs mm. but actually having him in the first team has been a- I think the problem for England is they haven't really got that sort of dynamic type of midfielder mm. who who is a bit like maybe like a Pogba or someone like that is going to take the ball from 
more of a deeper position and bring it into attack and then you know give it to give it to the forwards but I mean Jesse Lingard does give you that option he's got the pace he's got to be fair he is actually quite skillful you know he's got he's got good passing range he's he's got quite a lot of good things about him um I mean you could say he's not up to the sort of maybe he's not quite up to the top quality and he hasn't really got the technical skill at the very very top level but I mean, I think he's certainly more than a good enough player, and you know he is improving every every day. And he's still not particularly old; he's still only about twenty five, so he's still got time. Absolutely. Um, so we talked a bit about Raheem Sterling. Um, I didn't have a really good game against Tunisia. I, I honestly don't think I've really I haven't really rated him in an England shirt. I think you know, especially how badly he played it. Uh, Euro t- 2016 like do you think he should start going forward for England or do you think he should be dropped uh, it's a bit of a big debate I mean for me he's had such a good season with City that he should, probably should be played but I can certainly see if I mean I, I certainly think for the Belgian game we should put someone else in this is where you want to be a little bit more experimental and maybe try a different formation and maybe try a couple of players who maybe are more than the fringe of the, of the squad rather than in the actual team so you know I'd like to, I'd certainly like to see Vardy get a bit of a run out because Kane's had a good you know has, has obviously had a, a good World Cup and I know in one way you might not want to rest him but I think we do need to rest him because he's going to be vital for the rest of the campaign So what are you thinking about the Belgium game you optimistic for England what do you think the score's going to be if you have to put you on the spot I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I, I think Belgium probably will sneak it, probably like 2-1. Um, although I think it will be a good game. I mean, I, I'm not going to write off England because I certainly think England could, could win it. You know, I could see a draw, but it just depends whether um, Lukaku and Hazard are fit. I mean, if them two are fit, then I think, I think Belgium will win. But I don't think Belgium have... I mean, obviously they've got De Bruyne and another, you know, a couple of other decent, really, well, more than decent players, but... I think Hazard and, and Lukaku are the two key players and without them, I, I don't think they're that, that strong. I don't think they're overly strong, so yeah. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. So what did you think of Belgium's game yesterday? They played Tunisia. It was another seven-goal thriller, I suppose. 5-2 this one. Yeah, yeah. You, Lukaku got two goals. Uh, Hazard, he's got two goals as well, didn't he? Uh, it's not really much you can take from it because... Again, Tunisia aren't particularly that great of a team either. So, uh, I mean, I think probably, I mean, England only just scraped past Tunisia. Yeah. So in one way, 5-2 for, for Belgium is pretty impressive. But but then they only won 3-0 against Panama. So, yeah, it was 3-0, wasn't it? Yeah, so when we've obviously demolished them. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, you can't really tell much from, from that game because it, it's just the, it's the opposition, really. I think... It's easier on your second game, though, because you yeah. obviously you've got the three points in the bag. You pretty much, even if you draw the next game, you pretty much know that, you know, as you could you could even draw you could draw the second game, but then obviously win the third game to go through. So mm. it just eases the pressure off you. Where if you've only drawn the first game, you pretty much know that you've got to win the second game to give yourself a chance again. Because if you only get another draw, or if, obviously if you lose, then you're you're pretty stuffed unless teams help you out. Yeah, it's a lot better. Obviously, Belgium and England are both through now in that group. Um, Tunisia and Panama are none. It's going to be quite an interesting game, Tunisia versus Panama. I know it's probably not going to be televised because it's on at the same time as Belgium yeah. versus England. But 
they've both let in, I think, was it? They've let in six goals each, I think. Or, or no, Tamizzi's actually let, no, they've let in more than that because Panama let in nine and Tunisia have let in seven, I think. So it could be like a 5-4 or something crazy, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's totally open, that one. You know, it's a flip of a coin, really. I mean, I think, I think that both the teams are more or less level in terms of ability. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're both out, so it doesn't really matter about it, though. So that was Group G. Let's talk, before we move on to the other games that were yesterday, let's talk a little bit about uh, some World Cup news. World Cup news. Uh, Sekiri and Xhaka for Switzerland have been threatened with a two-game ban for um, some of their goal celebrations. I don't know if you've seen this, Mike, but um, they've done like it's, it's to do with uh, basically Kosovo, which is kind of a controversial area between Switzerland and Serbia, which is where there was some sort of backstory between this, and and they were doing this um, notion. It's kind of like arms crossed notion that was supposed to be about Kosovo and it because FIFA are anti-political statements of any kind they might get banned for two games so that seems pretty harsh to me yeah I mean it's up to FIFA really to decide what they want to do but um, it would be harsh having two games banned when especially when you see some of the challenges and stuff that have been and, and obviously the grappling and what have you, which has happened in the in the World Cup. Um, I mean, obviously the um, the England game today. I mean, it was they were basically shoving them shoving them down to the floor. It's worse than rugby. When you think about it, a lot of those players aren't even getting yellowed or not even getting sent off or anything. So I mean, when you think about it, it's it's a very harsh. It'd be a very harsh ban for someone just doing a just doing a celebration to actually get banned. And also, it'll be a bit of a kick in the teeth for Switzerland. They've got an important game coming up, but we'll see what happens with that one. So let's go on to Group F, which had Germany uh, versus Sweden. Uh, this ended up 2-1. Um, Germany went 1-0 down in the first half. They looked pretty bad. They looked like they were going out, and then they, they sort of scrambled in the equaliser. And then on the 95th minute, Tony Cruz with Tony Cruz with a very nice free kick scored to make it 2-1 to Germany. I mean, talk about leaving it late. There was also a red card for Jerome Boateng. They're actually better when he went off. <laughs> yeah, he was awful yesterday. So, you have any thoughts on this match? What do you think about Germany so far? Uh, well, obviously, um, I think like everyone, we're we're very underwhelmed by. What, Ger- what Germany have produced so far. I mean, you know, current world champions, and we're, we're thinking, you know, they'll they'll easily get six points out of six, and they'll be uh, they'll be through to the group stages already. But they've only got three out of six, and you know, and obviously they they at one point it was going to be one out of six, or even zero out of six at, at half time in the second game. So, I mean, they could have been out. They've just about got a lifeline. You expect them still to get through, but you don't see anything particularly there which is going to where we think, oh, you know, Germany looked good this year or what have you. They just don't see anything. I mean, you, you just don't know with Germany, though. They can they can turn it around and, and win the World Cup. I mean, they're just that good. There's, then there's too many good quality players for them not to have a chance of winning it. And they always will have a chance because there's just, like I said, there's just too much quality there individually. I mean, Tony Kroos is an absolute world-class player. And, they, and obviously Müller as well. He can chip, chip in with a couple of goals. and It's kind of interesting... Like Muller hasn't actually scored yet, and he 
he is getting closer, no yeah, pun intended, yeah. to Close's goal scoring World Cup record. Uh, <laughs> but, <about> that. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was a bit of a fun. But um, he hasn't scored in this one and he seems to be a little bit not at the races. He sort of felt a little bit for Sweden because it looked so much like they were getting that 1-1, one, one, but obviously not. If you ask me, I think they only put two people in the wall, which I think is a mistake. I think you should have had four in the wall, or at least three at minimum. Possibly one person on the post. I mean, I don't see why, especially in the last minute, why you just not packed loads of people and, and, tried, to, and tried to shut up shop. I mean, you'd never seen a Jose Mourinho team only put two, two people in the wall there at the very last minute. They would have had everyone in the box. They would have had person on the post, maybe even two people on the post, probably three in the wall, and then, and then everyone else marking someone. So. It was a really good game to watch, I thought, as a neutral. I think it would have been very difficult if you were a Germany fan, but I think for a neutral, that was, and there's so many good games at this tournament. We have, still haven't had a nil-nil draw, which is quite miraculous, really. Although I do think as we get later into the tournament, the, the, the matches are always going to get a lot, lot closer because the teams are going to get a lot, lot nearer to each other in terms of quality and what have you. Mm. And, and I can see a couple of nil-nils in the later stages and obviously extra time and what have you having to come into play. But I mean, let's, let's obviously hope that, nil, that there isn't a nil-nil because no one likes to see a nil-nil really anyway. But, you know, if, if the World Cup keeps giving us entertainment like it has, then it'll be one of the... Certainly one of the better World Cups in the last couple of years, for sure. Well, sit, children. Let me give you the subject of the day. Um, the other game in Group F was Mexico versus... Uh, or South Korea versus Mexico, should I say. And actually, um, it was 2-1 again. So Mexico won again. Um, obviously, they're in pole position now in Group F, I see. Yeah, they're going to face Sweden in the last game. So it looks like they're going to finish top of the pile. Mexico have looked decent. I mean, certainly in their first game against Germany, I was pretty impressed with what they did. And, you know, you've got Hernandez up front and he's always going to chip in with a goal. I mean, that's just what he does. Um, they've got a couple of other pretty decent players, you'd have to say. Um, I can't actually think... Um, there, yeah. is, there is another Lizarno. player as well. Yeah, Lozano, that's another one. I think Carlos Vela and uh, Hernandez got them the goals yesterday. Uh, and then Sun got one back. It's unlucky for him that he's got South Korea. Really. Well, <laughs> well he, he was born because, in South Korea. Yeah, I, I know. But you know, if he was playing for a top country, who you know, who obviously yeah, at least had, a, he's got to a main tournament. Like yeah, Ryan I know. Geek's never yeah, got I know. To yeah, I know. But it's it's just a bit unlucky because when you see the quality of the other players and then you see him, I mean, he's just head and shoulders above all of them. He he's you know he's top quality. Yeah, he's he's the gigs or bail to that sort of Wales yeah. team. Well, the Wales are decent players, but. Although there was an interesting thing I've just seen on Twitter that Wales actually drawed with Panama last year. Yeah. So it's kind of a one-up for the Welsh. Yeah. They'll, they'll just keep banging on about how they, they beat England in the yeah. group stage two years ago. But we still, England actually beat them 2-1. But there you Is there any sort of highlights for you from the tournament so far? Is there anything you can pick out? Like? I mean, the Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo goal, the third one, was pretty impressive. He just stepped up and the Portugal Spain game. Yeah, in Portugal Spain, when when his country needed him, he just stepped up and put that because he hadn't scored a free kick in about forty odd attempts or whatever it was. Did he not? No. The, the one time he gets it right is then. So yeah, perfect. I think one of the things, the sort of narrative of the tournament has been the the, the sort of difference between Ronaldo, who scored four goals for Portugal, and Messi for Argentina, yeah. who seems to be 
relatively uneventful, really. And there's a good there's a good race on now after these games for Golden Boot. You know, we've got actually Harry Kane is in the lead. But you've also got Lukaku, Ronaldo, Costa, all sort of, you know, vying for that. Have you got a prediction for Golden Boot? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Harry Kane will, will get it, actually. Really, England need to get to the semi-finals for him to have a chance, really, for that. It'd be, be interesting. I mean, you'd probably say, most likely... Probably Lukaku because obviously, I mean, obviously, if he's uh, if he's if he's injured, then he won't. But um, you know, if if he's, if that injury isn't too bad, then um, you'd say that certainly Belgium have got a very good chance of going very far in the tournament. I certainly think semi-finals would be is where they should be aiming at, at minimum, really. I mean, I I actually think they're certainly the dark horses to win it. I still, you know, I think they're. They're a good outsider to win it. So if I put you on the spot to say who's going to win it from now, I, I actually predicted Belgium will win it before the tournament. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure about that. I was very much, oh, it could be anybody. But is there anybody you think now who could win it? I mean, obviously you'd love to see England win it, but realistically, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing to say. I mean, certainly if Germany start getting their act together, you, you can never count them out. I mean, probably if I'd say one team right now, it'd be Spain, but. I, I certainly think in terms of footballers and technique they probably have the best team I think France have been very poor I've been very yeah. disappointed with them um, obviously Argentina probably will go out or I mean if they sneak even if they sneak through I don't think there's too many average players there they're not going to they're not going to threaten Brazil possibly but even they they don't look great if, you, if I had to say one right now it'd be Spain but I mean okay. England have certainly got as good a chance as anyone though to be honest I mean yeah. I know people might write them off and what have you, and certainly before the tournament, I totally ripped England off and said they haven't got a chance at all. There's a very sort of, uh, you know, it's a very English thing when there's a football tournament on and then England win like a game quite significantly. Yeah. Let's get really excited about it and then you just have the next sort of game or the game after that and it just brings you down to earth with a crash, you know? So I think you have to have that sort of cautionary sort of yeah, optimism. I think we mustn't get carried away. I think it's too easy to get carried away and say 6-1, well, we're going to win it now. But I don't know. I mean, against Belgium, we'll certainly see what level we're on because that's more the sort of team that we're going to be facing, yeah. certainly going later into this competition. So I have to thank Michael for joining me uh, to cover those games and it would just be me on my own to cover the rest of the Group H games from today. And it started with Japan versus Senegal. Uh, on the 11th minute, a shot was saved by the keeper, but tapped it by Mane. A bit of a keeper error there from Japan to make it 1-0 Senegal. On the 34th minute, Inui curled into the bottom right corner to equalise for Japan, 1-1. On the 71st minute, Wage was at the far post and he hit a driving shot into the net to make it 2-1 to Senegal. And on the 78th minute, the keeper committed himself and across along the ground made it 2-2 and that's how it ended. When you look at this, it's hard to say who will be most happy with this result. I mean, a win for either side would have guaranteed them going through to the next stage. Um, and now it's a little bit in jeopardy. Japan are in a lot better position than Senegal, uh, so they should be happier with the result, especially considering they were losing for, you know, ext well, 
for periods of the game. They never really had a long period of the game that they were uh, losing. But um, because they already faced Colombia, they've already beaten Colombia, who are probably the most dangerous team in the group, and we'll talk about them in a bit. They're going to get the easier game against Poland coming up, whereas Senegal have to face Colombia in a pretty much winner-takes-all match. So in the other Group H match, as I was mentioning Colombia, it was Poland versus Colombia. In the 40th minute, there was a nice cross into Mina. He headed it into the net to make it 1-0 to Colombia. On the 70th minute, Quintero, with a lovely through ball to Falcao, he slotted it away nicely to make it 2-0 to Colombia. And on the 75th minute, there was a counter-attack from a Poland throw-in. Rodriguez played it through to Cuadrado, and he slotted it into the bottom right-hand corner for 3-0 Colombia. Great uh, counter-attack there. And that's how it finished, 3-0 to Colombia. What a way, that's classic bouncing back there, coming from uh, the adversity of the first game when they got unlucky with the sending off to coming back and actually winning this game comfortably, putting themselves into a commanding position and they're right back in this group. Poland are now out. Um, very sad tournament for them. They had a lot better go at it at the Euros. I thought they were going to qualify and they just weren't at the races. Um, so, and you know, Robert Lewandowski's dreams of golden boots are never going to happen now. So it is all, when they talk about Group H, you know, you'd think Japan against the Poland side who are already eliminated should have the easier ride of things, whereas Senegal uh, have to face Colombia. And actually, I think Japan will struggle to not qualify because even if if Senegal win, uh, then Japan will qualify second, even if they lose. Um, if Colombia win, then Japan will qualify second. If it's a draw, that's when it gets a bit tasty, um, and it will depend on all the you know all the variables. There are the various variables to make sense to see who gets through. And it is interesting, of course, from an England perspective. Depending on where England finish in Group G, they will face either the first or the second place team. England have qualified now, so they'll face either the first or the second place team in this Group H. So. That is going to be a very interesting game. That actually happens before the England game. So let's see what that does to the tables. Group F, Mexico top it with a goal difference of two and six points. Germany are now second, uh, zero goal difference and three points. Sweden third with a zero goal difference and three points. And then South Korea last, minus two goal difference, no points there, out of there. In Group G, England top the group on yellow card, less yellow cards. Uh, they have a goal difference of six and six points. Belgium are second with also a goal difference of six and six points. Tunisia are out with minus four goal difference and zero points. And Panama, a whopping minus eight goal difference and zero points. In group H, Japan have uh, got a goal difference of one and played four there on top. Then Senegal are second, the goal difference of one played four goal difference of 1.4. Colombia third with two goal dif two, plus two goal difference and three points and Poland at the bottom eliminated minus four goal difference and no points. So let's look at the fixtures coming up on Monday the 25th of June 
2018, uh, Saudi Arabia versus Egypt and Uruguay versus Russia at 3 p.m. And in Group B, it's going to be Iran versus Portugal and Spain versus Morocco at 7 p.m. So we're all at the simultaneous games point. When was that one? Then on Tuesday, Australia take on Peru and Denmark take on France at 3 p.m. And it's Iceland versus Croatia and Nigeria versus Argentina at 7 p.m. So by the end of Tuesday, half the groups will be decided. And we will join you after those games. Uh, thank you for listening today. I've been Richard Carey, and thank you to my brother Michael Carey for taking the time to be on this podcast today. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at 52 Years World Cup. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search 52 Years World Cup. So thank you for listening today. And we're looking forward to the last games and getting these group stages all wrapped up. Bye-bye.